We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. What we do not do is spy unlawfully on Americans. We are leaving in 2014. Period. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. You are listening to Biting the Bullet with Luke and Typo. You fucking trumped my recording, fucking dick. Sorry, dude. What's up, everybody? <laughs> You're a fucking cock. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Biting the Bullet. Uh, it's me, your boy, Luke. I got Typo on here, and we're joined with our sponsor, uh, our, our buddy now. Like, you're going to be our best friend. We're going to talk about why we sponsor you and some of the stuff that you do, and we're going to get into Twitter, but we got our sponsor, David Day, on the show. Thanks for coming on, dude. Hey, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, so... First things first, how'd you find us? And why did you decide to give us a couple bucks every month uh, to sponsor uh, or you as our sponsor? Yeah, so um, I, I got to give a shout out to my partner, Matt. He, uh, we kind of connected at a, a mutual friend's house. We we're like, oh, yeah, we're both libertarians. It's like, yeah, fuck the state. Fuck the state. <laughs> you know, one of those one of those things is like. Oh, dude, you got to listen to this podcast I'm listening to. It's called Biden the Bullet. And I had heard y'all's name floated around a couple of times, like on the fag cast and maybe even punk rock libertarians once or twice. And um, yeah, I was like, okay, sure. Why not? I'll give it a shot. And I listened to it. And man, so my middle brother was in the army and, you know, did a deployment in Afghanistan. I showed it to him. He was like, bro, this is exactly what we'd hear around the fucking pit in the middle of the night. Just a couple assholes saying whatever they want, and I, I immediately fell in love with the uh, the show. Well, and yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I figured uh, you know the audience type is probably the audience that uh, really needs what you know I sponsor on the show every day the most. It's the people that really don't want to get fucked with, and so you know do what I do. Like I get pulled over, I don't even talk to the cop anymore. I have my phone up, and I'm just like here. Talk to my attorney, bitch. <laughs> that's awesome. So it's a 24-hour, 24-7 service, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's how it's it's uh packaged. And I haven't looked into it uh like as as in depth. I need to because I should probably have a fucking lawyer uh 24-7 for half the shit that I say on this fucking podcast. But um and it's super fucking cheap, and that's what I liked about it because I was like, damn, dude, like you're actually offering a service that a lot of people in our community, at least seem to think that they might need at one point in time or will need at one point in time guaranteed. So, and from however much all of the libertarian community talks about economics, half of these fucking people just like typo and I are poor as shit. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good trade. Yeah. Well, what was the quote by, uh, Mises, uh, 
I'm a I'm a talk about money, but I'll never have any of it. Something yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the basic gist is that you know it's it's about thirty bucks a month, and um, you get access to an attorney depending on what you need. So like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example of where I didn't use like the emergency services. Oh, so I whenever I needed to uh, work up the articles of incorporation for my business that I, I had before I switched to uh, computer programming, I called them up and had them do it. Um, the, a bunch of document review stuff too, you know, st- stuff like that, where it's just, you know, stuff you wouldn't even think about. Yeah, that's um, pretty smart. I guess it would be smart to have it on like, even like leases that you're signing, or if you're trying to break the lease, like it's good to just have somebody else that's actually knows the law or at least can go and knows the place to look up the law and the thing specifically towards that document that you're trying to look at and they can give you some feedback on it. Yeah. In fact, uh, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, I had a contractor that wanted me to uh, sign a contract because my house took a lot of damage from Hurricane Ida. And and I was like, dude, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. I, I, I just can't read this. So I sent it to him and he pointed out a couple of things like I had to carry home insurance, which I don't carry. Um, some stuff that I probably wouldn't have caught and would have just blindly signed on the dotted line. It's like, yeah, fix my house. Yeah. We know, we so, know about blindly signing the dotted line where we, <laughs> we did that. <laughs> oh that yeah. Quite often. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I'm, what you do. I was just going to say, that's what you do in the military. You don't even read it. You sign, even when you're in the military, you're like, what is this? anthrax yeah whatever give it to me (laughs) yeah i mean in terms of the service how it goes like i said it's it's just for shit that you need an attorney for that uh you you probably could use on a day-to-day basis and then on top of that there's the emergency side so you know when you get pulled over doesn't matter what time of the day or night it is you just call someone get them on the phone and say hey i got pulled over can you talk to this officer and they deal with it for you so that's that's like one of the coolest things because like honestly like uh there's not a lot of resources or even like besides maybe ads on tv that i've seen where it's like lawyers are like don't even talk to the cops call us for whatever traffic but usually traffic like commercial or traffic law or whatever and but like growing up or like at least for me like no one i don't think that's like a norm at all to like call your lawyer you know like it pretty much the norm is just kind of like deal with the officer do do what you have to to get and you get a ticket or whatever and you hopefully just go about your day but like i don't know like in like my whole life in my head like calling a lawyer would be like weird like that would just be add really weird if i'd be like hey actually you're not going to talk to me at all you're going to talk to this guy on the phone <laughs> but it, it makes sense and it's so much simpler and it's like I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that like in any situation, you never know. Like, I mean, obviously we know that like sometimes uh, you can run into some cops that, I mean, there's videos we've seen all the time, but they're trying to plant something on you or get you for something, some, something else and trying to get you to admit to something else or, or to whatever. And, you know, that when you get jumbled up or just like the things you say, they could use that to detain you, arrest you or whatever. And it's so much, I think it's just a thousand times better to have someone like literally on standby, you can call and you don't have to worry about them trying to like screw you over as much. Yeah, man. Ask any, any officer that, you know, you know, if you're, if you're friends with any police officers, I know, I mean, I'm not, but I know people that have friends that are police officers. 
mm-hmm. and ask them what they tell their kids. And they tell their kids, yeah, don't don't talk to anybody who's pulled you over. You know, call me, call so and so, but you don't talk to them. It's because you can incriminate yourself. Yeah. And people do it all the time without even realizing it. They get you on like the smallest shit and they just keep like tearing the thread, like keep going after it and nitpicking everything. And it's just one of those things. So I think it's a fucking awesome service. That's why we have it on the show and we'll continue to run it regardless. Like it's a fucking awesome service and I should probably do that typo. You should probably do that. And we've been talking about trying to make this a fucking LLC. Maybe we could find somebody that can actually make this an LLC uh, so we're not fucking, you know, tying, <laughs> having these shitty ass fucking computers we still have and not being able to use any of the money that we've gotten from this podcast. So, well, not just that. I mean, maybe an LLC isn't the way to go. Yeah, you know, that could be something you, you know, can talk to them about. Maybe it's exactly. like, you know, incorporation. I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, for all of you that don't know, obviously the ad will have played before this part of the podcast, or maybe it'll go somewhere af- right during this part of the podcast but yeah go check out the website fucking get signed up because it's a fucking awesome service um moving on from that uh we'll probably tie that into everything else that we'll talk to you but i just want to ask you how do you fucking get into the libertarian community it's very autistic and very um fun and at other times incredibly annoying and frustrating so how'd you become a libertarian or anarchist or whatever you subscribe to in this black and yellow field? Yeah, no, I, I consider myself more of a traditional libertarian. I'm not quite an anarchist because I'm, you know, I, I feel like the state probably does have a role in like age of consent laws. Some of the hot topic ones within the libertarian yeah. party. But um, no, my, my parents were just traditional Reaganite Republicans. They always kind of had a suspicion against the state, but never really, you know, full on board with the let's abolish everything movement. But, you know, always very suspicious of the state, but they never really push it on me. Um, I think it was more of just like, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. We ate dinner at the table every single night, you know, just uh, very conservative values, which initially I was more of a, you know, kind of, I I would I'd even go far as far to say that I was like a neocon Republican, which, you know, looking back, like why, (laughs) but but that would be the best way to describe me back then. And then, um, no, actually, I think it was before the Trump election. It was a few years before that. I really started doing some introspect and like thinking like, okay, uh, borders really, you know, don't make sense the way the state has it set up right now. I really got into like the privatized border kind of movement. Oh, okay. That was really the first kind of push on that. And then I'd, I'd say like really the last straw was really my brother going fight in Afghanistan. And I mean, kind of the experience he told me about it. It's like, we really should not be over there. <laughs> You're like, holy yeah. shit. Like, let's not do that. Yes. I, I'd say that was kind of the final straw before I really switched over to the libertarian movement, which would have been 2014, 2015 ish. So a little bit of game. Oh, so he might have been in the army around the same time we were in the in the Marine Corps, huh? Yeah, probably a little bit earlier. I'm trying to remember. He uh I can't remember exactly when he graduated basic, but it was he was in the army, uh engineer. He went to like Fort Hood. And okay. Oh yeah. Do, do you know when he threw his life away? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know plenty of stories about Fort Hood that he's probably told you. It's pretty bad there. <laughs> uh, do you know what year he got out, or if he's still in? Or no, no, he's definitely he he got medically discharged. He uh he wound up hitting an ID IDE over there and oh, wow. uh, has some TBI issues going on. But um, I, I want to say it was like around 2015 ish, maybe. A, I don't. I don't think uh, Trump was president whenever he was in. If he was, it okay. would have been like the the last little bit. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like he was in a little bit before us. Yeah, so you were right about that. But yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy how easily it is. Like, once you see it from like the personal perspective, you know, being like typo, he always talks about he him growing up kind of or, or neoconish, like probably in in the same general sense. And uh, like I grew up on the other side, but I was still like weirdly pro military. I don't know. I was a fucking weird kid. You're um, a status, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was. I was like, no, I was like the epitome of a centrist. Like that's how. Like that's the best way to explain like where I was at growing up. Like I was like the epitome of a centrist, where it was like we still need like these core values that America was founded on, but we need to get rid of you know fucking guns pop but laws. that shit was kind of racist <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so it was like like i was like a weird I was, like i was a weird fucking kid but it's it's crazy once you're like involved like personally with because yeah you everybody's involved with you know police officers but you don't see them every day you're not involved with them every day Everybody has to go to the DMV, but you go once a year for fucking eight hours of your day because it takes forever to get through it. Um, you know, so if if you're not if you're not going through the legal system because of, you know, some kind of charge or you're not going through the military or your dad's not a police officer or your brother's not a police officer, or, you know, somebody's not a state official in your family that, you know, very personally, it's everybody's so far removed, like just far enough removed from it that it's like. Yeah, it's working all right. It's not the best. And there's things that I dislike about it. But once you have that person that you're like personally involved with significant other, brother, dad, mom, whatever it is, you know, it it kind of opens your eyes up to like some of the shit that is going on. And you're like, fuck this. Like, this is insane. Oh, absolutely. So like a perfect example of that is my middle brother. He got into some really bad trouble um you know some really bad drug trouble and the da basically told him it was like military jail and so he's like okay i'm gonna do the right thing i'm gonna be an outstanding citizen and join the military and then of course he gets his you know his tbi injury and everything and then when he goes to oklahoma they fucking prescribe him weed to treat his tbi <laughs> it's like is that what he got in trouble with for the in the first place yeah oh wow, my god wow dude <laughs> It's so oh ironic. Dude. They're prescribing him the same exact thing that he went to the military for for the first place. That is so yeah, fucking people wild. People don't realize we were still offering like like even into the 2012s, 2013s, we were still like there was still like the avid demand enough where people were offering like, hey, jail time or you can go into the military. <laughs> and like it people don't realize that. Like it was really big right at the onset, obviously. Like there's stories yeah. upon stories upon stories about that um, dude it was like every there was always like one senior staff and co that always was like so i stole a car and you're like what <laughs> and now i'm in the marine corps and you're like okay yeah y'all were talking about that um 
y'all were talking about that a little bit on one of y'all's other episodes where y'all don't really y'all didn't really see that much whenever y'all were coming in maybe a little no, bit. yeah it, it wasn't see, it wasn't as yeah. big yeah i wouldn't we say like see that or... a lot here oh really yeah i think it might just be because i mean louisiana for the most part it was democrat for forever and then i want to say it was george bush's second election it swung republican and it's it swung really republican and yeah. um i think it's just the nature of we have these very hardcore republicans and all these you know uh, what do you call them? Judge positions where there are the DA positions, and they're like, "Look, you can either do exactly with what they did to my brother, where it's, you have a choice." And we still see that a lot today. Yeah, that's crazy. So, that's, yeah, I was surprised I when I heard y'all say that. Yeah, well, I know. So I know that I've seen, or at least I've heard about judges still doing that, where they'll offer that, like, "Hey," but it's always up to the military to uh, accept them or not. So if like a someone that's on has some charge or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, if I." join the marine corps i don't have to go to jail at least i don't know maybe this is just what my recruiter told me but they're like yeah we don't even do that anymore well they were like yeah we're not letting you in and then the guy like starts crying and they're like well i gotta go to jail now (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's interesting that he says that because i bet you if you have this is why all right so this is let me here we go we're going down a rabbit hole this is why recruiters are human traffickers so (laughs) recruiters are human traffickers because i bet you that ada has a fucking kip kickback from some of these fucking recruiters and then has a hookup uh in you know wherever to get these um uh what were they called uh waivers because you have to get a waiver for things like yeah. that you know if you've ever smoked weed before you have to get a waiver for that if you have certain yeah. types of ta- showing tattoos you have to get a waiver for that you have all these waivers and there's waivers obviously for um for uh uh, criminal background so there was a lot of people in in phoenix because it's such a big city like they're just like nah, we can get somebody that's you know fresh out of high school has a great background and you know like i did like i had, I had a great family background fucking you know good gpa played sports so they were like dope perfect like dumbass to sign up um but I bet you in certain states or in especially certain counties and jurisdictions, I bet you when they have that hookup, because this is just an assumption, but those waivers have to get cleared by somebody. And part of it's the military, but the other part of it's got to be legal. And if the DA is the one offering those things, they can get that shit pushed through like it's nothing. So that's pretty crazy. I bet you if we found, uh, I bet you we see it more in like the Southern states I mean, Georgia, yeah. Louisiana, um, Alabama, maybe Texas, parts of maybe. Texas, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's not and Tennessee and Kentucky is like South, but not South, but that, that same mentality type state. Um, I bet you, you see that a lot more and I just never really thought about it. And I've always been in a big city. So it's, it's probably a little bit different in a big city than it is in some of the smaller communities. Yeah. So long story short, recruiters are human traffickers, right? Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> exactly all that to say <laughs> recruiters are human traffickers i saw somebody earlier today and it was uh it was on twitter and they were talking about uh they said something i didn't even read the original post but it was like the new generation being pussies or whatever and and then it was like or you can just have good uncles that uh get their kids to go enlist he mine's about to be a, an e5 at, only a, a, only after three years or something like that 
and uh and we're so damn proud of them and i was like these people should be looked at as human traffickers <laughs> like like you, i get i get the mentality and that's the thing we always try to talk about it's like i get the mentality but at the same time it's like you don't know what you're signing especially when the people haven't done it and there's still people that have done it and still are super pro about it but when the people that haven't done it and they're like you need to join the military because you're soft and it'll teach you discipline and da 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 and they're a family member and then you have to go through that shit like god damn dude i always feel so bad when i see kids like that but yeah it'll help you learn how to murder brown people yeah. or kill babies or kill yeah. babies <laughs> yeah yeah i always so it is really weird because like I, maybe you feel this way too luke but like you're an ancap but you're also still a marine yeah. so like it's really weird when you're like oh dude the marine corps is so fucked up don't join we just slaughter people we're not we're like we're not even serving the american people whatever however you want to argue it but then you hear by like I, I just watched this video and it was like this colonel and he did like 57 flights in Vietnam or something like that. And I was like, okay, he's like, we, we got shot at, we went down at one point. And I was like, all right, well, this guy's kind of a badass. And I still like, <laughs> I can't not like not say that that dude's kind of a badass, man. And I mean, maybe that's like the Marine in me stuck, you know, or like you, any like cool ass war story. And one part of you is like, that's kind of badass, but at the same time, it's pretty horrible. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's Propag- propaganda yeah, works. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Propaganda is a, a hell of a drug. I mean, think about it. When we were growing up, what movies were huge? It was like Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. Saving oh, Private yeah. Ryan. Oh, yeah. I mean, all these yeah. movies that really hit home, and it's like, I'm a fucking American bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah dude yeah you get that i don't know what movies are good at like i don't know man some like war movies i guess they're good at pulling that like emotion and i don't know it's just it, it just like like you watch even when i watch a war movie today like when i rewatch, i rewatched. i don't even know what what i rewatched recently i forgot what, what it was not the hbo series for world war ii the airborne Pacific. What was that? oh no, the, the airborne one Oh, yeah, the, yeah, they're in Germany. Uh, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Yeah, yes. I rewatched that, and I was like, "Yeah, kill those fucking krauts!" But fucking <laughs> <laughs> Nazi bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for some reason too. Like the Nazis was like, if anyone does a war movie and the Nazis are the enemy, like no one has sympathy for them, dude. Like not a single. Oh, well, nice dude, fucking mug, dude. I, oh, thank. Oh man, it's it's amazing. So I gotta tell you. For all your viewers and listeners out there, I had a three-inch dick, and I started drinking from this mug, and I'm hanging at like a solid twelve right now. So you know, Hell yeah, do what you it's will a with that information. Mug. It's a magical <laughs> mug. Yeah, my, my yeah. wife would ask for nine inches, I would give it three times. You know, <laughs> I don't have to do that no more. <laughs> Buying the bullet mug. <laughs> Just you just just like a cheesy ad, it like spins up from the background. <laughs> it's like a picture with a white background on it. It's oh just my it God, by itself. Oh. Uh, but dude, no, you're right. Like with the military shit, it's just it's crazy. And you know, there's something like just in the history of like humankind where you know you you respect the warriors, like the warrior class. You know, it's just kind of respected. 
You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. Even if they did wrong, like it was just like some of those did guys did crazy fucking shit. And I mean, shit, when we talk about Smedley Butler, like I still respect the hell out of the guy. I mean, just from his military career alone, we don't have to talk about all the shit he did afterwards. And I respect it more because of the shit he did afterwards. But I, to, and that's where you get into like the weird parts of like being an ANCAP where you're like, you can respect like certain aspects of people and like show how they're great in what they did, but doing it for the wrong reason. And that doesn't mean that they're necessarily like the epitome of evil, especially when shit, it still works on millions and millions of people constantly on a daily basis that the propaganda that they've told them that this is right. And it's such a weird position to be in as an ANCAP sometimes, but I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like I still love, like one of the movies that I hate to love is 13 hours. Like that's a fucking phenomenal movie. First off, it's very well done. And the guys are in a country that they probably shouldn't even be in, but then they're left by their country because of fucking Clinton and Benghazi. And it was just like, it's just like such an amazing movie and the story of itself and how they defended themselves, even though they shouldn't have been there in the first place. It's just like a, just one of those things. Like, you just have you still have that respect aspect to certain things that are definitely related to the state and how horrible it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a weird position to be in. But I always think about that funny one. Just like I don't know, maybe it's the marine, but maybe it's just more of an American thing, just in general, because yeah. everyone likes yeah, to be proud be of America. But I, I get fucking hard ons when I watch like, um, what was it? What was that one movie with the? Um, what's that guy's name Chalamet or whatever when he was uh the king that was a he's the french king and he's like just kind of a thug that just doesn't give a fuck about it being the king and then his dad is dying and his pussy ass brother is at the front of a what a war front it's called the king dude he got it a bit backwards it was it was an english king who went oh he was french yeah he (laughs) fucked up the french and um robert pattinson was the french uh like noble or whatever that was in charge but at at the beginning of the movie he go or not the beginning i guess it's like kind of middle of the frame but he goes and he like his pussy ass brother's trying to lead this war army and he's gonna get slaughtered because he's a pussy and his his brother's like 14 or 15 or 16 but he's gonna lead the charge or whatever and he's only like 18 if anything but he's just been fucking bitches and getting drunk for like the last couple years and uh not even like considered part of the royal family because he hates his father and his brother and everybody else but regardless so then he just shows up in armor at the fucking front of this uh line of two you know 17th century fucking battlefronts and he just shows up in his armor and calls out the biggest dude and it's like one of the most intense armored sword battles i've ever seen and they're just dead tired the entire but it still gives me a hard on like i there's just something about the warrior class Uh, maybe it's a dude thing um because i know if i showed my girlfriend that movie she'd be like yeah dude i really don't give a fuck boring this is this is (laughs) this is a work of art how dare you and uh but you if you guys haven't watched that movie you should watch that movie because it's fucking savage you know how much that armor weighs yeah, dude. It's like, yeah. like I complain about the fucking packs I had to wear in the Marine yeah, Corps. At least dude. I didn't have to wear fucking metal plated fucking sheet metal just 
in random curves around a semi body figure like that shit's intense and then the sword itself like we complain about the m16 having to carry it for fucking miles and it's like try carrying a fucking 35 pound long sword uh, they're probably heavier than that but you know whatever like yeah 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 i couldn't imagine like especially if you like for some reason you had to shield too oh my god dude that shield was probably the worst thing to carry oh no or you're like jousting you know they're like oh we're gonna do it joust really quick and you're wearing that armor and you fall that's off your horse that's like, a gentleman's that. game typo <laughs> that's a gentleman's game <laughs> yeah i played it drunk with a broomstick before i don't know how <laughs> gentlemanly that was but it was so fun it's the american version <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking america bitch <laughs> it's the white the white trash version we did shit like that in the marine corps i mean fuck we did a whole bunch of stupid shit in the marine corps but i know i don't know i think it just goes back to like the warrior thing you just have a respect for that like ultimate hey either you win and you win or you losing or lose but at the same time when we talk about like nazi germany and movies with the nazis being the bad guy the nazis were the ultimate enemy like let's be honest like it was just like the perfect coalition of evilness um but six million is still too high <laughs> yeah just just a tad couldn't help it uh, it could have been dozens dude <laughs> Um, what's up everyone let me take a second and tell you about our new sponsor David Day he offers a legal protection membership that gives you access to attorneys 24-7 for as little as a dollar a day when you're pulled over don't talk to the police shut the fuck up and call your attorney when a company screws you over don't try to call and fight them have your attorney write them a letter take action to be the man of your house and protect your family from the worst aspects of the state Visit David's website at davidday.com backslash bullet so that he knows we sent you. Um, that website is david, D-A-V-I-D-D-D-A-Y.com backslash bullet. Uh, let him know that we sent you and uh, hope he protects everything you need out there. What was the next thing? Oh, I wanted to ask you. So originally why we started, we wanted to have you on was uh, you had mentioned you started uh, be- getting into more computer programming and things like that, correct? Yeah, yeah. So let me let me kind of tell you all a little bit about how I got into computer yeah. programming. Because um, when I was I wasn't quite fresh out of high school, but I was still I, I might have been like 19 years old. I got into um, insurance because my dad owned an insurance agency, and so I was like, "All right, cool. I'm I'm gonna be an insurance guy. I'm gonna own my own agency one day and make a ton of money." Yeah. Well, the thing you got to recognize about, especially like South Louisiana, is that homeowners carriers do not want to write insurance here. We just have so many hurricanes, so much damage that they just refuse to write home insurance. And so um, when I was at my dad's office, we had an entire office dedicated to filing cabinets just for people who had insurance that was not through our primary carrier, which was Allstate. I was like, dad, there has to be a better way. Uh, I can't pick up the phone and say, hold on, let me go pull your file, go dig for a fucking file, and then come back and hope to God they're still on the phone. And his point was like, yeah, it probably is. Uh, if you want to figure it out, we'll do it. So I, I basically taught myself how to code. And um, oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I got very lucky because I was a part of a community uh, online forum where they really taught me 
like I could looking back at my early posts, I could see where I was going like a very language specific route, but they were like, no, 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 no. Here's like programming principles that you really should learn to make yourself a good programmer. And, you know, fast forward several years, because what I wound up doing, I wound up writing him a document management system, which helped us serve those customers. But um, 2019, I had owned my own Allstate agency. I fucking hated it. It was, I mean, people were calling in all the time just to bitch at me. It's like my, my rate went up. I got in an accident. I don't care. I, I was just yeah. at that point where like, I was like, I can't do this. And um, so I, I decided to take the leap and go programming full time. So I don't have any college education, but I was able to teach myself. Pretty much anybody out there can teach themselves if they want. Well, that's awesome. And, um, that's what I've, that's what I've heard. Like I've heard it's not that it's not difficult, but you can literally like all the information's out there. You can literally just go through it. And, and there's a shit ton of communities that'll sit there and help you through it because they love it so much that they just want to teach other people to do it. Yeah, actually. I mean, I have a website that's free for people to use that can teach themselves how to code. Now I don't, I can't English good. So <laughs> if you look at the actual like stuff outside of the code, it's poorly written. But when you look at the actual code, it's, you know, good, good concepts and everything. But yeah, it is, it really is that, that meme, like, Oh, learn to code boomer. So like, yeah, yeah, you, you really can. I mean, I did it. <laughs> You're like, I'm from Southern Louisiana. What are you going to say to me? I learned how to do it. Like I went to public school. I don't know shit, but I learned how to code. <laughs> what's you, the, what's the, the website called? You, you didn't even go to university. Like that's the coolest part. Yeah, no, I was, that wasn't for me. But yeah, the, the website, if people want to learn a code, it's uh, VB Lessons. So it's short for Visual Basic, but oh, VBLessons.com. Nice. I mean, I don't make any money off of it, but it's free to use. So that's I encourage dope, everybody to go look at it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and so, like I said, the original reason why we brought you on, because we were talking about Twitter on yeah. one of the episodes and you had reached out and you're like, well, what you're saying is kind of correct, but at the same time, it's not quite correct because there's still like a history of things that have been done to, we were talking basically about the Twitter algorithms and what, like what they're actually doing and are people getting filtered out or can Elon, are they trying to delete? Cause we're fucking illiterate code tards. Like we don't know shit about any of this. So we were like, maybe they're deleting the code. And that's why all the algorithm or like people are getting a boost in their numbers and things like this. And so that's why you, you had reached out and we're like, yeah, we got to have you on because what the fuck is what, what could happen? Are they deleting the code? Even if they delete the code, does it matter? Because it's actually not truly deleted. You just see a, you know, something different. And how hard is it to get a, a downvote button? A downvote voting? Yeah, that's impossible. I think Elon Musk already (laughs) proved that. No, um, when it comes to the, uh, like these algorithm changes, I really don't think it matters all that much. And the reason being is we have in the computer world, we have something called source control and it's very useful. So like, let's say the three of us were on a team and we were all programming for this one website. It can get really messy if we didn't have uh, source control because I'd be working on something, typo could overwrite what I just wrote and Luke, could come in and just completely delete the entire thing. And it would screw everything up. What source control does is allows us to do 
our own individual code changes without affecting the underlying like master branch. So the source of truth, so to say. And so what happens is let's say that I make a code change to Twitter and I make it so their algorithm, you know, shows biting the bullet number one every single time. Great, great change to the system. <laughs> but then some asshole after me says, no, no, we can't do that. We got to put Hillary Clinton number one. And so they delete my change and add their change and then push it up. Well, there's actually a log. It's called a, a get log. And it shows what was replaced and what was changed, what was the source of truth at a given point of time. So let's say that, um, for example, like what's being presumed is that Twitter's going in there and just completely changing these algorithms. It doesn't matter because let's say that Elon Musk does actually buy Twitter, which I'm kind of skeptical of. He may or may not. But let's say that he actually does. He can actually go in there and look into the history and say, well, wait a second. Y'all's algorithm was doing this in 2016, 2017, or 2020. And then I say I'm going to buy it. And 2022, it all of a sudden changes. You know, there's some sketchy shit going on here. And he could still expose that if he wanted to. And I, I think, you know, I'm not a fucking billionaire like he is. But <laughs> if it were me, if I had reigns, I would actually do that. I would make Twitter open source, which allows everybody to go through and see those commit logs. And they could see what was going on exactly when all these mass bans and all these shadow bans were going on. Yeah, I've heard of that where there's coders that have talked about like it's, I've heard it expressed on Twitter and like free the code. And it's because they can keep the I guess they can keep the code private, but you can also make the code open source. So anyone can look at like what Twitter's doing with their algorithms. Like you don't I guess that. Yeah, is that the concept? Like if you just open source it and then everyone can see like what's going on, what the algorithm does, I guess. Yeah, so open source doesn't mean that I can just go in and change Twitter yeah. because ultimately there is someone in charge that says, okay, I want to accept these changes. could be a group of people, but um, you, know, you can make all the change requests that you want, but somebody can just sit there and hit deny, deny, deny. But at the same time, what open source does allow is it allows everyday coders to go in and look at the source code to see exactly what's going on. So you know, Twitter can still be as free and open and, you know, as restrictive as they want to, while simultaneously we could see what's going on underneath the hood. Is that, is that even heard of? Like, is there some sort of company or websites that do that, that have like, I guess, open source code? Yeah, no, open source is a very, very big community. In fact, okay. um, a lot of the work that I do is in the uh, business enterprise. So like, you know, I, I build websites for businesses, not really consumers. And um, you don't really see open source too much there, but on the consumer side, what you'll see is like, um, like this really cool widget, like a grid view, for example, on the web that is completely open source. But at the same time, there's a company that has a licensing fee that says, you know, if you want to use our specific product, you have to pay us, you know, X of dollars every year or in perpetuity. So it is, I mean, you see this all over the place on the web. And I really... I mean, to link it back to, again, I'm, I'm not an anarcho-capitalist, but to link back to anarchism, I think the open source movement with web is the best aspect of anarchism. 
I mean, you always see the worst aspect. You know, you look at the riots with the George Floyd shit and everything, and they're like, oh, that's anarchism. It's like, no, that's just mass chaos. But you look at something like open source, and it's like, these are people really helping other people. And, you know, it's, everything's free. I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it other than it's free. And, and you it's have tra- to act transparent. It. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest, I think that's the, so like, what? I'm watching this show with my girlfriend and it's called the all American and they're talking about the um, NIL contracts for uh, college athletes. Right. And it's like, a, it's still big in the news now. Like there's a, there was just an athlete that got shared all over Twitter. Um, I can't remember what school he's going to. But yeah. He's, getting paid a man like he's going to take uh, UT. Yeah. Well, yeah. Archie man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not Archie, but yeah, the, the grandson of Archie Manning, like the, it's like the nephew of, Peyton and Eli like yeah he's got he got a big one and there was another guy that got a huge one too and but anyways the reason why I brought it up was because in the show they're talking about you know how um how it can be detrimental to sports and to the kids because they're taking they're getting taken advantage of by these big ass companies or whatever this that or the other and I was like it's it's not so much that it's like, that has already, like, that's already happening. Like the, the college in college in general, like all the universities, especially the big D ones, um, they were already taking advantage of these kids for their labor. Like they, that's what it was. It's what it was based off of. And, you know, they got 20, like on a football team specifically, they got like 25 scholarship slots. They got probably 10 of those that are full rides and they're still making like the football t- football programs in big D1 schools are still making, you know, insane amounts of millions and millions of dollars of profit. Not even just everything that they paid for in general for the kids or not, but like in profit. And and then on top of that, the top students, the top sports athletes got kickbacks like there's always been them getting kickbacks like it's. It was behind closed doors, though, and a lot didn't get found out and some did get found out. But to say that they didn't get kicks, that a large majority of the best athletes in the country in college didn't get kickbacks is naive at its best. And I was like, the only thing the NIL does and those kids were still taken advantage of. The only thing the NIL does, it makes that transparent. And when shit goes wrong, it actually, in my opinion, it takes like a load off the kid. If we're talking specifically about the NCAA, it takes a load off the kid because other people can see them out in the open, like getting taken advantage of because they're a dumb 18 year old kid or 19 year old kid getting taken advantage of by this huge corporation. And that's not to say that it's a good thing. It's just to say that it's transparent and at least we can fucking see it. And, you know, that's kind of like how I see with this open sourcing. It's like, if you do, in, in my opinion, the more transparent things can be, if we had to have a government, right? It's all emails that are sent through government lines or whatever um, are, should be completely open. Like everybody should know what is being talked about because you're specifically talking about the rights or the, at least at the very minimum, the money of the people that you're taking the money from. So like it, everything should be more transparent and I just don't see how, I mean, I understand why places like Twitter and things like that, they're like, no, it's our thing. So 
people can't copy it and that's why you know ip laws are fucking bullshit but uh, people can't copy it and or uh we don't want people to know and it just makes it so it's difficult to trust things with a large amount of power especially when they're not transparent yeah no and the open source kind of paradigm within the web that's its root purpose is to provide transparency and so like i said with with elon musk claiming that whenever he purchases twitter it'll go open source i think that's going to be big because not only will it show us what they're doing going forward but more importantly it'll show us what they did going you know in the past that's uh probably the biggest thing we can take from that yeah i i and there could be a lot a lot of reasons like i mean I, in my opinion, I feel like they're active. I mean, I think they, they actively censor and they admit it. Like they're talking like the COVID stuff they they'll be like, Hey, we're censoring that. Like we're, we're, whatever the CD says we're doing it. But then there's other stuff that they, I feel like they do censor. I think it's, I think it's kind of obvious, at least in my opinion, but like, I mean, I've heard other arguments that they're, maybe they're not, but I think, yeah, I think you're right. If, if Elon Musk does buy Twitter and it becomes open source, like I think it's going to be huge because you i mean like I've, i bet from like if there is some weird shady shit going on from like 2016 probably at rob after the election mainly was 2017 that's when you saw like shit get weird when the, when those tech guys got called to congress i bet they went back the next day and was like yo we gotta change the code <laughs> we're changing this shit up. i'm not getting another call back there <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's the whole thing with private. They are a private company, you know, if they yeah. want to say like, hey, you're talking about something I do not want on my platform. Therefore, I'm taking it off. OK, that's their prerogative, but they don't necessarily do that. They they rely on a lot of stuff to automatically sort of shadow ban. And this is just a presumption. I, I don't know that they're doing this. We won't know until we see the code. But my presumption is that you know, they rely on a lot of stuff to automatically get shadow banned and censored without them ever really doing anything actively. And that way they can kind of claim this, like, well, we're not censoring people. It's like, yeah, oh, you, I see. you're the person behind the keyboard is not, I, I get that. But there is stuff in place to really make it hard for yeah. know, people trying to put out independent content. Like they, you're the ones that designed the thing to do the censoring. So like, what did you tell this algorithm or code? What did you do that makes the thing censor or shadow ban people like that? Like I, I, I that actually, that actually makes sense. Cause, cause I think um, a lot of people assume it's like these like tech people that are specifically like, it's like someone is on the other end reading your tweets and being like, yeah, no, we're not, we can't allow this. But yeah, I think, I think you're right that it's probably maybe with like certain people like like President Trump. I'm sure they were like, "Oh, are we gonna take this one down?" Like they probably had a discussion. They had a whole team. They yeah, had. They a probably whole team. had. They probably had a whole team for like they had a board meeting where like should we put a label on this one? Yeah, we for sure. It, I like, <laughs> but dude, some of them deserved a label. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, it's like uh don't listen to this one in its entirety (laughs) i'll I'll tell you when he was like threatening north korea on twitter i was like i was i didn't i mean censorship wasn't in my mind but please god because i was still in the marine corps dude (laughs) (laughs) 
He calls him Rocket Man. I'm, I'm like, yeah. like, bro. We're like, can we just? Well, you don't have to censor it from us, but can you censor it from the yeah. North the people in North Korea that can see yeah. it? Like, just don't let them see it. Like, create a bubble. Yeah. No, that was that was a part of his 4D chess, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he I told me it, that. I guess it kind of worked. I mean, he ended up crossing the border, so like, I don't know, dude. That was just that was like. The create like if any time that I thought that Trump needed to be censored, it's when he was threatening North Korea on Twitter, dude. I was like, "Yo, chill the fuck out, dog." I mean, when he <laughs> when he blew up that Iranian general and then just posted the American flag, on dude, he's, he's throwing up America the sign. <laughs> Oh, oh dude. my god dude. dude that was that's when we had bird on too right after that because we had bird on and we were going to talk about like funny shit and then it was just like the whole thing was scrapped and we were going to talk about Suleimani and what the fuck was going on we got to get bird on to have like a funny conversation from uh timeline earth because well that guy's funny as shit anyways but we got to have him on just to have like a funny chat because that time it was like it was gonna be just like a bullshit sesh and then it was just like Suleimani, trump what the fuck and then trump posting the goddamn the gang flag. signs up dude yeah. <laughs> he was throwing up his 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 colors bro oh my god dude what's what's funnier than possible nuclear fallout <laughs> yeah right yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day we're the collapsitarian in me is just yeah yeah there's a well it's like it's like it's like i i get why like i don't know like maybe because i already saw the whole like system as a kind of a joke so like adding trump to that was just like even funnier just made the like everything's even better because i already saw it as a kind of a joke but then like people that are like blue pilled i guess or people that just didn't like donald trump i understood why they're like dude this guy is like a savage like we can't have this guy as the president like he's doing too much right now like i get well, yeah, it. If we're gonna talk about being professional like like that was the one you know this is the thing that we always give to obama like obama was a professional like yeah. he was good at being a professional he spoke well he looked good he just had that air about him he was very likable and then like the fact all right so this is this is the like this is the best part about america right we went from obama you know a suave black man like a dude that like had it like he had it like he just had the mentality republicans loved him at the beginning like not all of them but they like there was a large majority of people that voted for this guy that were on the other side of the line because they he just had it he had it it was hope and change baby yeah and and then we went to donald trump because they were like yeah he had it they had us in the first half (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's what it was bro and then and then we got trump and it was just like it was like and I get when people say that we just had we we went from one opposite to the other. Like they are polar opposites of the of each other. They are, but at the same time, they're two sides of the same coin, right? Like that's yeah. kind of the mentality and, that I have about it. But it was just, oh, just man, so wild. spiteful of Obama. Like he hated Obama, and that made it even better because he was just like yeah. anything Obama did, we're cutting that shit. <laughs> like we're done here. So. Clinton was too much of a warmonger for Bush. So Bush was the peaceful conservative. 
And then yeah. Bush became too much of a warmonger that we had the, you know, Democratic, the peaceful Democrat, Obama. And then Obama was too much of a warmonger that we had Trump and, yeah. you know, Trump bombed Soleimani. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like Trump, like, I mean, I, it's so weird that I have to do. He was a warmonger in a lot of ways, but it's like compared to the other ones. It was okay. <laughs> it was. It wasn't that he only, bad. He only had four years. He only had four years. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he didn't start any new major wars. Yeah, yeah. Improvement, right? <laughs> he didn't no support the Kurds. Yeah. yeah. He didn't it's support like, the Kurds. It's, it's like, like these Nazis over in Ukraine look pretty good. Here we go. <laughs> I, but then, yo, actually, with that, like, then the total opposite. Nobody talked about Trump, like, not being uh, or being too much of a warmonger to vote in Biden. Like, that was definitely not Biden's, like, mm-hmm. running slogan. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. And, like, that. that's what's kind of weird, too. Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird how we had, like, kind of a trend, at least, like, just from a foreign policy perspective, it's like these people like say one thing like Bush ran on like no more intervention, no more nation building. And then he fucks up like th- like Iraq and Afghanistan. And then Obama comes in. He's like, we got to end, you know, these wars. And he comes in as more of like a more peaceful guy in a lot of ways. And then he fucking expands the wars. And then like, I mean, and the presidents before him were mostly like fucking warmongers like Clinton, Bush uh bush senior like reagan even and it's just weird that like i don't know i like trump like i don't know trump like derailed the country you know a lot of ways and not just because of him but also because of the reaction because of him like just people's reaction of him and it's just so like i don't even know like what's going to happen like we were i think i got so used to because where i i was born in the 90s i was so used to like four years of a democrat or eight years of a democrat eight years of a republican eight years of a another democrat now we're gonna get eight years of trump and or then a republican and then it was like i don't know everything changed in 2016 (laughs) my my biggest hope for foreign policy was uh i was as upset as i was that biden got elected the silver lining to me was he had a son who probably died from the burn pits in iraq or wherever he served and so my silver lining was okay he's gonna Put an end to this he's already indicated that he he does not want to be overseas and i will grant it he did you know pull out of afghanistan in the worst possible way he could but he did pull out and uh you know my hope is that that would that would have continued but it looks like it's just stopped and in fact it looks like it's starting to swing the other way where i believe we have more troops going in some country in africa right now yeah Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, like that's the thing. Like he did pull out. He just didn't pull out well. Like it, it was just messy. like Yeah, it was it was super messy. Um It's like he gets a retarded baby cuz he didn't quite pull out. <laughs> well, he already has one of those. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, the one that's alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one that was retarded, it got put to death early, sadly um (laughs) but no it's i no i completely agree with you like there's there's one thing in my head that biden will forever be known for and that's pulling out of you know the middle east and the but it just has the i guess not the whole middle east but he pulled out of um 
Iraq and Afghanistan, Afghanistan or Afghanistan pulled out of Afghanistan. And while he didn't do it well, he did it. And that's one, the one good thing so far. And I, that's about as high as I can get for Biden. Like I don't necessarily believe anything else he has done has been good, like generally good. Um, but he did pull out of Afghanistan and that's a big fucking deal. We shouldn't be over there in the first place. And, you know, that's kind of a general theme. He's, he's, he's calming things down over there in Ukraine, dude. He's oh, yeah. calming things down. Yeah, because there. he's just throwing fucking money at single moms on the fucking weekend. Like, God damn, dude. The amount of money that has gone to fucking Ukraine in the last six months is insane. So if you, you, you had given Biden his one win was pulling out of Afghanistan. What would you give Trump his one win? Cause I, I generally have nothing. I, I don't know. He wasn't Ooh, Hillary. That's a that's good one. Win. That's a good well, one. It, well, I, you could say the Supreme court justice maybe because he did get three picks. Um, <laughs> it's like a first round draft pick. Like that's how we talk about it. <laughs> it's true, dude. He got, I mean, like, like, I don't uh, It depends uh, even if you, whatever you feel about Roe versus Wade. I mean, a lot of pro-life people say that would be a pretty good win for maybe Donald Trump. Um, let me think during his presidency beating Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> um, one big win. I think I think the big win isn't what everybody thinks it is. I think the big win is is well before you, before you answer, let me preface it. He's the winningest president in history. <laughs> so let's think, hear what your I, big win is. I think the the big win for Trump was it was so surprising. Like the big win for Trump was that it was completely and utterly not who everybody should have picked and they still did like that's the big win was that it's like oh it doesn't have to be the the standard democrat or republican like i think that's the big win of trump like to me to be honest like i think that's what it is i don't think it's any of his policies like i I mean shit like we shit talked a lot of his fucking policies i think the the things that we gave him, like he had some little wins throughout here and there, but once the COVID shit, like all of those were trumped, like in my head, like they each Trump trumped himself when all of the COVID shit rolled out. He didn't give, he told States that they can make that decision. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that he let them make that decision, but he wouldn't come out and say, Hey, mask mandates are stupid. These vaccinations are stupid. He was I'm the one that created the vaccinations and now they're being mandatorily forced upon all of you. You know, like it's, I think he, all the good things that he did in the first two years were kind of nipped in the bud after the second two years. Like it kind of just, and like that, that last two years was like a whiplash, man. Like that shit went so it was slow while living them, but now it was just like, it's like a, a black space. that's just, fucking gone in my head like it doesn't it doesn't make sense that it happened and it it seems so quick i i well i don't know if this this is not really like necessarily a presidential thing or a policy thing he did but he definitely did expose like the media 
he kind of exposed the deep state. Now this might yeah, have been that's a, a good win. That's yeah, a that's win. a good win because it kind of opened. I mean, that opened my eyes a little bit too because, like, you you don't really know. Like you you know you kind of don't see it as like like I didn't see like the deep state or like the media as this like cabal of like liberal elite people, but like how they reacted to donald trump like kind of exposed them as like because they lost their fucking minds they couldn't stand it dude and they were doing everything throw russia fucking he, he, he grabbed him by the pussy like they're throwing everything at this guy and america's like nah fuck you we're going with this guy like <laughs> <laughs> like no dude and he's like we I, don't care <laughs> yeah and like honest like and for some reason like when donald trump would like especially toward like the middle maybe even the end of like when you would go to do those like press briefings like with the press or whatever like i i was actually like i actually enjoyed watching them because he'd be like you are fake news <laughs> just <laughs> just slaughter these people it's so i loved that and that was the funniest part but also i thought it really helped with like the american people's like kind of showing the media and who they really are and what they do I, I will have to agree with you there. I thought I had nothing, but the normalization of enemy of the people is a stand-in for corporate media is yeah. probably the best thing that he's ever done. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. That's a that's a really good one because I don't think I saw it near as much before, even with all yeah. the fucking bullshit that Obama did. Yeah, like, yeah. It I was will, just front will, and center the entire Trump presidency. I will say, though, that I could make an own argument against that because those media companies before Donald Trump were in the tank. I mean, New York Times was talking about uh, declaring bankruptcies. So like as much as Trump needed the media because that gave him a lot of attention, the fucking media needed Donald Trump because they might have some of them might have died off a lot sooner. But Trump gave them like a little bit of life support. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes complete sense, yeah, because uh, they were dying off, and they, I mean, they basically lived off of those ratings. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, know. he was a ratings <laughs> magnet. Yeah, I don't know about, like, you, but, like, at least all the people I've met, like, in my generation, like, none of them watch the news. They don't even, like, read articles from news outlets, whatever. Like, most people, of our, at least our age, will watch clips from someone on social media or listen to a podcast that's all i i don't even think they watch even turn on the news yeah the best thing of our generation is that we turn to vines and tiktoks instead of fox yeah. news and cnn yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's true it's it might, and I, that's why like that's why i always hate like i do get uh, a lot of people's issue with like social media and their censoring and they and they do a lot of that but I hate when there is people like maybe it's because I'm biased, but it would be people on the other side. There will be like, Oh, this is how Donald Trump and the Russians got our election because of social media. Like I got to stay off of it because it's so bad because to me, social media was like opening yourself up to like the actual what the world, like not the world, but like regular people's consensus of what's going on is like people can talk and debate. And I think the internet, like just social media actually is more grounded in reality than if you watch Fox news or CNN or whatever. I think you get a better picture of like the political uh, atmosphere 
from the internet than you would from traditional cable news. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it's, I don't know. The next, uh, I kind of want to push it on into this, but the next, like, well, just in November, I think is going to be crazy. Like, I think it's going to be crazy. I'm excited, dude. I, I see you rubbing <laughs> your hands over there, David. So what do you think? What what's it, what's it like in Louisiana? First, where you are, and then obviously New Orleans being a big-ass city. Like, New Orleans, I don't really know that much of, about it. Is it, I'm guessing, just because it's the big city that it is, it's generally left-leaning. Does it control politics in the state uh, as much as, you know, like, because Phoenix controls politics in this entire state in Arizona. Um, you know, Chicago, where type or well, not where typos from, but in Illinois, Chicago controls where typos at uh, ginormously in his state. So is New Orleans kind of that city in Louisiana or not really? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I could tell you really didn't know much because it's actually pronounced New Orleans. No, my bad. New Orleans is in. Yeah, it's in Orleans Parish, but we, yeah. we say New Orleans. <laughs> no, no, it it's really weird because, like, like I mentioned up earlier, Louisiana was a very heavy Democratic state. I mean, we had the the Democrat populist Huey P. Long, who was shot, and murdered in in the ca- uh, state capital, and um, holy shit! Yeah, no, it was some crazy times. And it, it yeah. turns out it was probably one of his security details that killed him instead of the actual oh. assassin. Yeah. Wow. That's but, crazy. Um, we, we were very heavily Democrat, but p- a part of that was because the Republicans were the party of uh, Lincoln. It was the party of, you know, freeing the slaves. And Louisiana was not about that. They're like, no, we have plantations and shit. We need to make money. And so they, they really voted, they voted Democrat really my entire lifetime until it was George Bush you know what? I might be mistaken. It might have. Now that I'm thinking about it some more, it might have been uh, Clinton's second term that we we voted red for the first time, and God knows how long. And um, really, since then, it's been solid a solid red state. In fact, both of our senators are Republicans, and they're very uh, hardcore neocons, which is really sad to say. But that's what goes with the state. Even though New Orleans is a very left leaning city, and you could say parish because Orleans Parish really is the city of New Orleans. I mean, it really doesn't dictate much in terms of policy. What is a bit bizarre with the uh, state of politics in Louisiana is that we follow a more, it's a very conservative state morally and a very liberal, and I say liberal in the you know, Rush Limbaugh, word of the word liberal, a much liberal state financially. So we are always in debt. We are always, I mean, we have one of the highest um, sales tax in the entire country. And it's just, we, we can never seem to get things right. And it is, uh, it is very sad to see because I, I love this state. I love my culture. I would, I could never imagine living anywhere else other than Louisiana. In fact, in 2005, when after Hurricane Rita hit, we moved to Louisville, Kentucky. And I was like, I cannot live here. This is, they, they can't cook worse shit and they don't know how to talk. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the culture that I live in. And I, I think it goes back to that Michael Malice quote. I, I hate my government because I love my people. 
I mean, it, it's just very true to me. I mean, we have probably most backwards government you could have in the state of Louisiana. And um, it really just seems to be getting wor- worse with the rise of Trump because Trumpism is very strong in the state of Louisiana. And it's not okay. something I can subscribe to. Okay. Does, ah, uh, dude, I fucking understand. Go ahead, Typo. Yeah. So I, I knew this one guy. He was from Louisiana. And Jesus Christ, dude. Louisiana people are very proud. They are very proud people. Louisiana dude, and Alabama are like the two proudest people ever. Like, I know Texas gets like a lot of rap for being like, yeah. oh, we're Texas. But there's so many Texans that it just doesn't it doesn't quite hit the same because there's like 17 people in Alabama and like 32 in Louisiana. So like, <laughs> like everyone that I've met from Louisiana or Alabama, like, I just feel like they're like the two proudest States to be from that state. Dude in college yeah. football is, Oh yeah. That's the shit there. Like that is big. My very first LSU football game. I was born in August 12th. <laughs> My mom, Tony, had me in her purse for this first September game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, bread, I love football. it. Forget about it. Look, libertarianism out the fucking window. When it comes to football, I am tribal as fuck. When it comes to <laughs> LSU football, LSU baseball, uh, I, don't, I don't really care for basketball. Y'all talk basketball sometimes, but I can just – I can play it. I can't watch it. But, uh, man, when it comes to those sports, I'm all about LSU and everything we can. But it's it's more than that, because like if you look at my ancestors, we we were kicked out of um, I actually trace it back. We weren't from Nova Scotia, from but from the other province over. Um, but we were kicked out during the Great Expulsion. And it was England coming over and saying, look, y'all are French. Y'all don't belong here. Y'all need to leave. And just that that whole story of like struggle. And, you know, if you listen to all these old Cajun songs, they're very much about the struggles that the Acadians had to live during that time. And it's something that really stick, you know, going back to the propaganda with the, you know, with the American, you know, sort of mentality, it's very strong with Louisiana mentality. It's like, look, we, we suffered through hurricanes. We suffered through the great expulsion. We suffered through everything, but we're still here. There's, there's a phrase, it's called lash pala patat. And it literally means don't drop the potato, but, you know figuratively it means you know keep strong you know don't don't give up that's a louisiana fucking shit right there yeah it it literally means don't drop the potato but what it actually means (laughs) i love it i love it though no dude i love it that's fucking awesome i was i was trying to look up where um he's from arkansas but bryce mitchell like what the way you sound uh it sounds a lot like uh uh, Bryce Mitchell, he's a UFC fighter. Fucking coming up, he's he's a badass, but he's from Arkansas. But he he got on some you know big time television shows because of what he said uh, against Biden after one of his wins, and he's just like, "This is my culture. Like I'm gonna fight for my state before I fight for my country." Like he's like, "I'm gonna dig if anything happens. Like I'm gonna dig my toes in the sand and I'm gonna fight it right here." Like, it doesn't matter. And, you know, that's just kind of how I get that's that's the general feeling that I get from those states, like in that area. Just it's just how it is. That's the culture. And that I don't think it's a bad culture or or a good culture. It's not either one of those. It's not really meant to be like that. I think it's something to be proud of and respected because 
fuck, dude. Like we were how the United States formed to be was like a whole bunch of little ass states that were just supposed to be like, hey, we're trying to leverage the situation that we have here and be like in a gentleman's partnership with each other. Uh, but like I'm from where I'm from and you're from where you're from. And I think what the one thing that the United States, like a lot of people don't get is like, I think a lot of libertarians get this. And I, a lot of anarchists, like people that fall under that kind of flag. Um, I think what a lot of Americans don't get is that they're like, we're American and we have to be American because without America, everything else dies. And it's like, Nah, man, like there's a lot of us that all have the same fucking values, but there's a lot more of us that are just like, I'm ingrained into my community and my community is important to me. And that's what America was like truly about. The only reason why it's so transversal, like it, it's so easily to like wipe us all together is because of how the 21st century is. You know, you can talk to somebody in New York in two seconds from LA, you know what I mean? And, uh, but there's still a lot of that culture. And that's one of the things that I love about the South that it's like, nah, I'm from right here and I'll be right here. So if you want it, come and find it because I ain't moving. Oh, it's, it's very strong. I mean, before I'm an American, I'm a Louisianian. Before I'm a Louisianian, I'm from Lafouche Parish. Before I'm from Lafouche Parish, I'm from Lockport. You know, it's, I, before I'm from Lockport, I'm a, I'm a fucking individual, but you know, it's like I I would much rather identify with being from Lockport, Louisiana, than saying to someone, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm American." It's like no, Jabit on Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty cool too. Like I just I moved back to like my small town, and that kind of mentality is like in small towns is like the town that's like 15 minutes away. Like people in my town would be like, "Oh, those." fucking people over there like like just bitch about them and like well in like the grand scheme of things like we're so much culturally like exactly like closer to them than we are to like you know like but then both our towns have come together and like man fuck those people from chicago <laughs> like, like it's, i love that i love it when it's like that when it, it goes down to that level of like this is my home and this is where i'm from because i think that's that's how most people live like you know, like I love, like I love to be like, you know, I love America, like right, but like in a sense, like not really. I just love like where I've been in America. <laughs> Look, I I got offered a job in uh, Temecula, California, and mm-hmm. I could tell it was it was it was a very different culture. I mean, it was there was no small town feel. They had so many big cities just around Temecula, which to me is a big city. Like Temecula in the grand scheme of things in California is super small, but, you know, they had so many big cities. There was no real identity whenever it came to, and I think that's what, you know, people like, especially the really autistic libertarians kind of gloss over is that, you know, tribalism, it is bad at its, it can be very, very evil, but at the same time, it does serve a purpose. I mean, and it's much easier for people to simplify things into little categories and that's how we think. And so that's yeah, why, that, like I said, I think that small town, I'm Louisiana and kind of feel yeah, is yeah. very strong. That, that big, that feeling of just like, well, if someone like grew up 
Like I would freak out when someone grew up like the county over from me because the two counties next to me are so uh, they're not densely populated. So when I found someone in the military, it was like, oh, I'm from this county in Illinois. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I'm in the next county over. And I'd freak out for a second because he knows exactly, he not maybe not exactly, but he pretty much knows what it's like to grow up in Southern Illinois. And that just bonds people. It's just natural. Like you can't ever get rid of it. And people say tribalism is bad or whatever, but like it's, it's around, it's going to be a thing. Like there's no way you can get rid of that. <laughs> well, it's human nature, right? Like it's, yeah. And, and the biggest thing is like a lot of people look for people that they can relate to. Like that's like, it's important to them because then there's an understanding and that, and having that understanding is super important because it's, it's easily like relegated between the two, like what you're both about. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I can say something and because you're from this area that I'm from, you can understand it. And I don't have to filter how I grew up. Like, I don't have to go somewhere else and be like, yeah, I'm a, like for you typo. It's like when you're introducing yourself from in, in Phoenix, it's like, uh, no, I'm not from here. I'm from a small town in Illinois. And they're like, oh, where at? And you're like, it doesn't fucking really matter because you don't know. It. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, and at that point, it just kind of gets, an, it, it's like annoying, right? Like, it's like, yeah. it, it's like uh, this little town. It's across from fucking, it's literally across the bridge from Missouri. We're right on the Mississippi. And it's like, it's Chicago. We're, we're Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, how, like, and that's what they asked. They're like, how far are you away from Chicago? And he's like, six and a half hours like, and yeah. it's like oh well i don't know anything about that and it's like i know you don't you're let's like where you're from and they're like i'm from fucking east la and it's like well yeah we don't and and right off that like a lot of people are like well we don't have a lot of common like we don't we don't yeah. click the same way and that's not a bad thing because you can have a lot in common you guys can have a lot of things in common you may you may have those things in common but the biggest thing is is like when you find that person in a different city or a different state or whatever it's like oh i can tell you about the fucking rock that everybody jumps off of on this river in on off this county road and you'll know exactly what the fuck i'm talking about and uh and how much and it brings back the memories of like how much fun you had there over the years when you were growing up and things like that and that doesn't mean that you'll even get along like in the long run. Right. Like that doesn't mean that you're going to be like best fucking friends, but you're like, I can talk to that person about, you know, if I need to reminisce or I'm homesick or whatever, if you're like off somewhere else, you're mm-hmm. like, I can sit there and talk to that person about it if I need to, or if I want to. And it's just like, uh, I think a lot of people try to, and you know, I'm kind of bad at this because I'm just, I'm just not a, First, I'm not very sentimental. So like Arizona doesn't have like a whole lot of sentimental or Phoenix in general doesn't have like a whole lot of sentimental value to me. Um, It's funny because like I'm closer to my mom's than I am my dad. But Nebraska has a lot more sentimental value to me than Phoenix does. But that could also be because Phoenix is such a large city that it just seems like a run of the mill thing that. I can talk about big city things and they're kind of just generally blah. Like it's kind of gray. Like it's not, it's not something that's different and 
specific and unique to Phoenix because it's such a large city that I can talk to somebody from another large city and they're like, oh, we have something like that. It's called this or blah, 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 blah. But when like, when I talk about my dad's and I'm like, yeah, we have this place called fucking Mahoney State Park and there's a its own little fucking uh, space museum in this fucking out in the middle of nowhere place. And people are like, oh, I didn't even know Nebraska had something like that. And it's got like old ass fucking jets. And, you know, one of the first uh, uh, one of the first uh, space shuttles to orbit the United States is at this museum. And then uh, and right next door to it's a fucking giant water park that all the kids go to. It's like that's like a very specific thing that only if you're from around that area, it's like, oh, yeah, we all used to go there. That was like something fun that we would get to do when we lived around Lincoln or Omaha or this place or that place. And it's like it's like very specific and it's very unique. And it's just something that's kind of nice to relate to other people like that. Yeah, my brother-in-law lived in Kearney, Nebraska. So to all the listeners, you can just imagine that Luke is full of shit. It's just corn as far as the eye can see. Yeah, dude. And that's it. Kearney, get the well, fuck out. Kearney dude, Kearney, it, it, like going out of Kearney, it's just corn forever. Like it is corn forever. Well, the whole state. I mean, if you get on a, an interstate like and go anywhere. There's corn and then there's a space shuttle, right? Yeah. <laughs> there, there's, only one, there's only one space shuttle, all right? Like, but no, Typo had to drive through that shit with me. And it's, I mean, he fell asleep part of the way through the drive. But um, because it's he'd only awesome. wake up when, yeah, he'd only wake up when I'd hit a possum. Because there's a fucking shit Dude, ton of possums between southern like Illinois. There's a shit ton of possums between Southern Illinois and Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't know why, but they just fucking go to the light, dude. They go to the light so fucking easily. I'm a damn good driver, and I'm usually very, like, cautious when I drive. But, like, dude, they just run. They suicide bomb themselves. They're trying (laughs) to kill you. They think it's funny. I'm pretty sure it's a game they play. But... Yeah, they, uh, they yeah, scream Alu Akbar and then yeah. <laughs> dude, the Taliban should have used possums. Like <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, like that there's a shit ton of fucking corn. And like leaving Kearney, there's I mean, it's fucking four hours to a, a city in from Kearney. Oh and God. it's just all it's just all corn. Like there is so much corn in that goddamn state. Like there's a reason why they're they're the biggest football team in the general area is called the Corn Huskers. It's because everybody <laughs> does it as their as their fucking summer job. Like everybody goes and husk huck, I can't even say the word husks corn. Yeah, I, I could only imagine a conversation. It's like, oh, you're from Nebraska? Yeah, I'm from Nebraska. <laughs> you saw this one thing that wasn't corn? <laughs> yeah, shit, man. yeah yeah i went there too one time <laughs> that's hilarious dude yeah, but dude. uh i don't know it's just different go ahead Typo. but i was just gonna say we should probably get back and what started this is like the fucking midterms <laughs> we, you you're right we went down a we went down a tribal fucking zone so yeah, we yeah, were yeah, talking yeah. about random shit but the midterms how does it feel in louisiana like what's what are you feeling like is there is there any some are there any like democratically held areas in Louisiana that you're like, oh man, this shit's about to go red? Or is there any Republican held areas 
that you're like, oh, they might change blue. Like, what have you heard, or are you really like, do you keep up with that? No, I'm 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 very up on that. I uh, it it is something that I like to pay pretty close attention to, and if you look at the state of Louisiana's maps, especially when it comes to the house, it's very very weird because. Is basically New Orleans, and then like it stops, and a district runs right through the middle of it, and then it picks back up. And so it's like, oh, we got our token black vote district here, and then uh, everything else is, you know, regular, you know, whatever. But it, I, I believe we have um, six districts in total when it comes to the House. One of them is Democrat, which I, I'll let you. Wager your guess on which one that was based on <laughs> how I was explaining the map. And uh, the rest of them are solid Republican and will not flip until, you know, Trump fully reemerges as the second coming of Christ and <laughs> says you need to vote Democrat. That's uh, I mean, there is it's very straightforward. It it's been like that pretty much since I've grown up. It's uh, OK, with the exception of the Clinton years, like I said, everything that it was a very strong Democrat vibe but since i was pretty much uh about 10 years old it's it's been a republican state with the exception of new orleans which is always democrat yeah and but as in terms nationally of where i see it going i i see a lot of people trying to claim that oh the democrats still have a chance in the senate to hold on to it if i had to guess if i were putting money on it today i would say and i couldn't tell you which which districts or which states, but House for sure is going Republican. Senate for sure is going Republican by one, maybe two. Because right now we're at a 50-50 split. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I think we're going to wind up, or I say we, but uh, I, I think the Dem- Democrats are going to lose two seats in the uh, Senate. Yeah, I think... Uh... Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I think there's a I mean, people are claiming I mean, I don't know. For a while, we and Luke kept saying it's like, dude, I don't even know what the Democrats are running on. I was like, bro, like vaccine mandates and war. Like, is this what was what we got, dude? Like, so I was like, what are they going to do, dude? Like, they're and, and they're I don't know. They try to push like and, and a lot of times, too, people will look at like what the president is doing, because that shows a reflection in the like Senate and the House a lot of times. And I was like, I don't really know what Biden has done, you know, like he did a big infrastructure bill, but like fixing roads doesn't get people to the, the voting booth. <laughs> like it's just, it doesn't get people were amped up, bro. Um, Do they but, have the, I did this stickers on the, <laughs> on the gas stations with Biden? Uh, we had them around our fucking gas, uh, gas stations here, dude. <laughs> well, all like, over in Phoenix. El- Illinois is a weird one. Like, I, I don't really know what's going to happen with Illinois, but there is a lot of Republicans that are making pretty good They're I mean, they're running campaigns and stuff. And a lot of people, at least more on my area, they're ramped up for the Republicans. Like they're like, people are telling, people are telling other people in town to get to the polls, like get, and they're like, just vote Republican, get those damn Democrats out. <laughs> like that's all like, that's their mentality right now. And, uh, so, but, you know, in like 10 years, it's just going to be the exact opposite. It, yeah. That's, it, that's what's so frustrating about this whole process. It doesn't matter who, winds up taking the 22 election because what's going to wind up happening is it's going to swing so far to the right that it's going to just whip right back around to the left and we're going to keep going down this vicious cycle yeah but i will say 
that now with the overturn of Roe versus Wade, I think that's actually kind of a win for Democratic candidates, because now they have something that they can take to the voters and be like, I don't know how much that'll ramp up their whole base. Or, and I'm not really sure about that, but that's something they can now use and be like, hey, if you want your abortion rights, you better vote Democrat. And this is like the first thing I've seen that Democrats can actually run on and at least get some sort of support from their base. I don't I don't really know. I honestly don't know how big abortion is. I know it's pretty big for I'm sure it might it, it might change things a little bit in like Arizona, maybe. I don't really know. Is is abortion? so? I was just uh, so there was a big protest uh, the day that Roe versus Wade oh, yeah, dude, came yeah. out. Um, it didn't honestly like to be blatantly honest. It didn't look very violent. There okay. was one guy smacking a window. One guy, and you, you could clearly see it in the video. One guy smacking a window, and then once he was smacking the window. And people were telling him to stop um, the Phoenix Police Department, known as the police department that kills the most people for the uh, uh, least amount of um, cops. Like the per capita for police, the Phoenix Police Department of uh, killing civilians is the highest in the nation. Um, but uh, they started firing tear gas and everything else into that's the crowd. january 6th dude they gotta hold yeah, the ground dude. yeah dude well we can we can briefly touch on january 6th because these hearings have been fucking crazy but uh i don't know arizona is going to be interesting because as as much as phoenix has kind of flipped since i've been growing up because phoenix was very very republican my the entire time i've been growing up but they've always had like the They've been always. They've always been the, the um, what's his fuck face, uh, the libertarian candidate, uh, that Gary said, Johnson. Yeah, Gary Johnson. Thank you. Uh, he, he's always been the Gary Johnson, like very fiscally Republican and socially, socially liberal. liberal. Like yeah. they, like that's kind of how Arizona has been. Like it hasn't been the most liberal, um, but it's been fairly liberal uh yeah phoenix itself at least well they got two the democratic senators but they probably got off the coattails of like hating trump i'm not sure yeah and well no now we're purple remember we're uh we're not it, well yeah there's two democratic senator no there's one democratic senator and one republican senator oh, i thought it was Kristen cinema and then that one dude that astronaut that mark kelly or whatever. oh i think it did flip actually i think you're right you were still here when that happened um yeah. i think it did flip um Kristen Cinema's oh, uh, election might but be But she's up. like a I'm not sure. No, she's I know Mark like Kelly's a, is up and okay, he's, yeah, pulling, Mark he's Kelly, pulling dude. very well, he's pulling very strong like plus 9 I know. plus well, 10. the the big thing the one that I wanted to bring up was Carrie Lake. She's gotten real big lately. I've seen oh, her she's running for governor. Yeah, she's running for governor and she's running as a Republican and everybody's known her as like the late night news anchor, like the five, well, not late night, but like, just like the news anchor of Arizona. Like she's been a big part of the valleys. Like she's very popular in the Valley, like in, especially in Phoenix, but just in Arizona in general. And she's running as a Republican, which in my head was very surprising, but she got really mad about um, not being able to report on um, the election fraud in 2020 
and then a lot of the COVID shit she didn't agree with. And so it's interesting to see her like being out there as like the underdog Republican because Republicans have like kind of been a shoe in for this. Yeah, she's not for a, a long time. She's not part of the club in the Arizona Republicans. No. She's out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, she's definitely not. And then, but the big, and this isn't really Arizona, but Lauren Boebert, she won recently. She just had some oh, big, Colorado. oh, she won the primary. She won the primary for Colorado, which was surprising to a lot of people. Uh, she was trending up, but, uh, you know, it's kind of surprising. She's kind of a, you Is that know, the super hot MAGA chick? Yeah, 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 yeah. She, yeah. she causes what exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. she's got glasses. She's, she causes havoc. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, you know, she's just intense. Like, she says a lot of shit that I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know? she said she says some wild. I, I love it. I love it. She's like, it's, I don't even. She's know. like a. She's like a hot Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, like a younger version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Jews but, are I mean, good controlling the weather, but I'm also hot. Hey, that's okay. Maybe she's not wrong. <laughs> but like, yeah, dude. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know. The the Southwest is going to be interesting because the Southwest has been like very divided because we have California being so close to all these other states. And then Arizona has been very Republican and Nevada has been like very wishy-washy, but definitely democrat um just because of vegas itself i guess um and then you got colorado who's been who was red as fuck and then switched to blue during the bush years and has been generally very blue and you have new mexico that's just like republican as shit but the large majority of their population is native and hispanic so it's like are they even getting to vote um and so like the southwest they vote is twice like, damn it <laughs> The Southwest is super fucking weird. Uh, so, like, Arizona is going to be interesting to me. Um, Texas with the Maya Flores chick winning that one district in Texas. That was super cool. We talked about it briefly. But it, interesting in the aspect of it's very hard to vote out somebody that's already there, especially somebody that just got into office because she was filling a seat that was like a special nomination. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I kind of want to see her continue running because the whole video of Nancy Pelosi pushing her daughter out of the way during a oh, yeah. fucking press was conference weird. was hilarious um, yeah. and super weird. And then she started talking shit about LeBron. She was like, at least my daughter didn't flop as bad as LeBron James does. And I was like, She's a savage. Continue yeah. to vote for her, please. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's super interesting. Like the whole Southwest is just like a a weird conglomeration, especially because we have so many Californians moving to you know Nevada and New Mexico and and Phoenix and Colorado. So it'll be interesting to see if well, that me, really changes anything. Let me ask you this: because when I lived in Lake Charles, we uh we had a bunch of Tex-Mex, a bunch of um they would, I guess they would consider them Latino, but they were really Texans, you know, first, second generation Texans that had a very strong Hispanic or Latino heritage. And they are very conservative, not Democrat, which I think we is just, making the Democrats shit their pants. We just yeah, talked about, we talked this. about this a couple episodes ago. 
because it's it's you're right like you're you're totally right and they it's and the super- democrats are calling them latinx <laughs> <laughs> latinx and they're like bro like we have our language and now you're trying to whitewash our language like that's that's some of the shit that i hear but then at the same time i like they're so against the border shit and i don't blame them like the way our borders work i mean you said you you came into this like with the private border ideal and it's like the way our borders work is absolutely horrendous like for it to take you know a family 20 plus years and half a million dollars to get into this country when they have no like like even doing the just the general background check that you can do they have no prior histories of anything yeah you got like you got like them like kind of like loosening the border right and they're kind of just letting anyone in right but then they also have the other side to where they're like the what's it called who's the border guys what are they called border Uh, patrol i know ice yeah but then you got ice like swatting families that's been here for like five years so you're like it's like yeah. the worst of both worlds it's like they're letting yeah like the anyone border is in. so fucked yeah they're letting anyone in but they're also like you know swatting the conservative yeah. family that's like been <laughs> yeah. here for 25 years and yeah, it's like it's and that's the weird. thing where like the latin community and even and for a large portion of the uh the black community is very conservative in their ideals and their values but when it comes to social issues, they're so liberal that they can't see the conservative side of it. And I don't necessarily blame them because the conservative side hasn't been like the most welcoming to those communities over the last, you know, 20 years. Yeah, not at all. Luke, I and, live in Louisiana. I completely yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So like, and that's the thing where it's like, if if we could solve the border crisis, like the border crisis, you even got me saying fucking buzzwords. But if we could solve the border situation in itself, where it's just like, hey, we have to make it easier for people to come into this nation, but still, if we had to have the government as it is now and still make it easy enough to come in where they're not in literally half a million dollars in debt or more than that in some cases, like that would solve a large portion of the problem and this is where I get into the government and why I think it's such a horrendous institution is because they know that they can both run against this opposing value and that opposing value and not just actually do the thing that needs to be yeah. done. They can never Look, solve the I, problem because it's a political topic they can use. I, I think that Bitcoin solves this. And I'm, yes, I mean, I'm uh, obviously I'm, I'm for Bitcoin because that's how I pay off for the advertisement. Allegedly. Yeah. All of my Bitcoin Allegedly. actually fell off on my boating trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, a lot of these families, especially, I mean, we're still recovering from Hurricane Ida over here. And yeah. a lot of these people that come over here, they are Mexican and they, they're not citizens. They come in here on a work detail, some of them illegally. And they're very, very frugal in how they live. They will eat absolute garbage as long as they can send back all their money back home. And I think what solves this is Bitcoin because with Bitcoin, you no longer have to worry about all of these transaction fees or anything. You can just literally send, you know, send your family Bitcoin over the internet. And, you know, my, my, when I was growing up, my dad was all about generational wealth. It's like, okay, I'm gonna live like, 
nobody, you know, the old David Ramsey, I'm going to live like nobody today so I can live like nobody tomorrow. I want you right. and your kids to be set up like I never was. And a lot of these people coming from Mexico live that same mentality. They're like, okay, I recognize I won't have the absolute best opportunity to become an American citizen and ha- enjoy all these freedoms that Americans do. But by me sending back my money, in this case, Bitcoin, back home, my children will be able to live like I never got to live. And I can't speak for y'all. I don't know if y'all have kids, but like for me with, with having children, that's the most important thing to me. As long as my kids live better than what I live today, then I've done my job as a father. And that, that's how a lot of these people who come in from Mexico, they, some of the best people I know. Oh, dude, it's, it's such a family. Same in Arizona, dude. Yeah, dude. It's such a family oriented community. Like, dude, that's the one thing that always got me when I was younger was like, I'd hear conservatives talk about how they got fucking four generations all living together. And it's like, that's all they can first. That's all they can fucking afford because of what they're getting paid to do certain jobs and you know, whatever. Yeah, you but then, you uproot your family and move to a yeah. new country and see how yeah, that goes. Exactly. <laughs> and let's let's see how many generations live in your fucking house, bitch. But move like, across town, see how that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just and it and like I mean, I grew like I said, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. All the first high school I went to was, and I say high school because growing up, uh, elementary school and middle school, it wasn't quite this it's just not quite the same a lot of people start making their opinions and forming their opinions in like high school and stuff but I mean if we talk about my elementary school middle school I was you know one of 20 white kids in those schools like all my friends were Hispanic or black or you know I a lot of the white kids that I went to school with I didn't like because they were fucking usually the richer kids and my mom and I were really fucking poor for a large portion of my life but when I got to high school, the first high school I went to, uh, I was one of like five white kids in the school. And so all my friends were Hispanic or black. Like, that's just what it was. Like, it's not a, and it wasn't weird. And when I tell people that they see it as weird. And that's why I bring it up on the podcast, because I think it's funny. And it's just like, that's just the way the life was. They weren't my black and Hispanic friends. They were just my fucking friends. And yeah there's a lot of people especially when you move further northeast and this is why i don't really like the northeast like there it's so like secluded to each other like it's like the black community and the white community and like and then the hispanic community all lives together and it's just kind of how the cities like people generally segregate themselves it's just kind of how it happens and then there's a lot of large portion of laws and things that have made that happen too but in the west it just didn't work out that way like it just once things got this far west and at the time period that they did it wasn't so secluded or segregated against each other you just all kind of melting potted it and uh you know the neighborhoods weren't as you know separated and things like that so it's just I always grew up with that feeling of just like, how can we just shit on like, cause for a large portion of it with George Bush and things like that, like, yeah, it was a lot of the war, but we had Joe Arpaio and things like that. And it was just, it was very separating to a large portion of our community. And it frustrated the fucking hell out of me. 
And I just didn't understand. And so I was like, fuck the conservatives, fuck the Republicans. They're horrible people. Look at what they're doing to our communities and my community specifically that I live in. And uh, so that it was it was very hard to like grow up and be like, well, I still don't agree with what they did. Like, I don't agree with Arpaio. And I think what they did was a base or what he put in place was a basic violation of human rights. And Trump pardoning Arpaio pissed me the fuck off. When I found that out, we talked about it on the podcast for like a whole fucking episode because I was just like, what the fuck? But within that, it was just like, uh, and this is kind of why I have a drawback against like the the Republican Party in general. I'm like, they're going to come for you. Like, don't worry. Like, yeah, you may have won Roe versus Wade right now, but just wait. They're going to use that and they're going to use that to come for other shit. And they're going to use that to, uh, and then once they're out of power, the Democrats are going to use that to come for more shit and base it off of Roe versus Wade. That's what we, we all grew up in the nineties. We remember the days of Republicans burning Harry Potter books, you know, really pushing hard against really the LGBT community, the, the gay community in general. I mean, that I remember that growing up. It's just, yeah. Okay. We're in 2022. Democrats really have the power right now and they're, you know, woke culture, you know, cancel everyone. It was just the same on the right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the reverse. I mean, they would, I mean, like we talked about this too, but like the, if you criticize the war, the troops, like conservatives were pretty fucking pissed off at you. Like, especially after nine 11, like they were not cool with you. If you stomping on the flag or whatever, like, burning the flag whatever like any sort of patriotism I mean, like if you're dissing on that the dixie chicks dude the dixie chicks got fucking like kind of i think they got canceled for a little bit at a time because basically they, she was their at whole some career con- went to shit yeah she was at some concert and like criticized george bush and they they got canceled i mean that it still happened i mean i don't know if it was maybe it's maybe because of social media we can see it a lot more like maybe that's why I think a lot of it has to do with that but like you know they they use the republican party just like they did before and i don't know it's kind of it's kind of weird because like maybe because i'm a came from a republican family so i'm more sympathetic to that side but like they like it's almost like they it's not saying that there's a grand conspiracy trying to push it to the republican party but they hate the republican party like the people in power or the cold cabal like they basically call the Republican Party like fucking terrorists. They call them, you know, the MAGA hat dudes and like the racist, the KKK, and they demonize the hell out of them. And like for me, like at least in my opinion, like I didn't ever seen like specifically a party. Like I didn't see the Repu- like the Democrats get like beat up that much when when i was growing up like not to that extreme maybe the democrats got more step like lockstep in line with everything more back then maybe the republicans are more rowdy right now i don't know what it is but it just it's something i feel like something's happening in the republican party that things might be kind of changing but i i am very weary of them because a lot of people like a lot of people even like libertarian people in our group are kind of siding more with right-wing like right-wing ideas a more republican and don't be wrong there are definitely a few republicans that are a lot better basically libertarians like thomas massey he's just a he's a yeah. rhino and republican in name only <laughs> but 
but I don't I don't know. Like maybe like I always I feel a little hopeful for the Republican Party, but I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. If that if any of this makes sense. <laughs> no, I mean it, it expresses a lot of sentiments that I think a lot of libertarians had back in 08 and what was it, 2012 when Ron Paul ran. Oh, when they yeah, were like, yeah. look, here is a true libertarian who's running under the Republican banner. And I mean, if you look at Louisiana in particular, Louisiana completely fucked Ron Paul. He won the state primary and they did everything in the bylaws to strip it away from him. And they did. They were successful in doing it. So I, I don't know how I feel like with encouragement towards the Republican Party. I would, you know, in terms of my conservative upbringing, yes, it's, it's nice to see that, I guess. But at the same yeah. time, I do, I do remember the bad days when they were literally burning books. And yeah, it's, you know, yeah I remember that too, dude. I remember I had an aunt that was like, you can't read Harry Potter. But once I joined the military, she clapped, she cried. <laughs> you yeah, don't dude. Kill kids. It's, it's so wild. You can't read that, Harry Potter. <laughs> and you know, that's, and you know, it's probably my personal upbringing where I have such a, like knee jerk reaction to like back away from some of the people that are just like, they're just bashing gay people. Like it's just straight gay bashing. Like it, it, it like honestly is to a certain extent. And it's like, bro, like they're like, I know, like, I'm not saying I know every fucking gay person in Phoenix, but the community here was very fucking small. And I know a large majority of people in Phoenix and they're just normal fucking people. Like, just normal fucking people. Shit, my parents, I talked to them on Sunday, and they were going to a different Pride. They were at Dallas Pride, and my sister wasn't there. But at the, they went to, like, Oak Cliff Pride Festival. I've been involved with Pride Festivals my whole life. My my mom is fucking gay. My parents now are fucking gay. Like, you know, like, it's just, I think we get away from what libertarianism is to a certain extent just to take a w and in instances where the w isn't really there to take it's like a it's like a and not not a sacrificial it's like a like a memento like it's like it's not even like a real w it's just like a w so you can shit on the libs which i'm not saying i don't like shitting on libs like i think it's fucking fun to go after woke culture but some of these people they take that shit to heart and they like start fully believing it. And it's like, I get it to an extent, but there's a lot of just normal ass people out there that you're demonizing on a constant basis. And this is just my opinion. Like, I'm not saying I'm right. And I'm not saying that there isn't some fucking corporate cabal that I think it's generally what I'm saying, where there's a point in the middle that we can all agree on where it's like, Hey, if you're the culture that the government is focusing on, you're being used for what your culture upholds and what your culture upholds is generally not bad, but when the government gets involved in it, they're going to taint it. And that's what yeah. happened in with the Republicans uh, under Bush. And that's what's happening now with the Democrats under fucking Biden or even under Trump, what the, Repu- uh, what the Democrats did under Trump. So like, I just think people should be wary of that because there's a lot of people in their movement yeah. that 
has family members or things like that. And it's going to be a giant turnoff. And if you're just like, well, fuck you, you're letting groomers do whatever they want. They're just going to be like, all right, then like, fuck you then. And you're just creating the same, you're creating the same situation that was created for Republicans under Obama. Yeah. Well, that's what something maybe I could ask. And then we get the fucking rock as the president. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like, so me and Luke talked about before, where like, you kind of see the government kind of attach itself to a culture like they attach to patriotism. And but the and we kind of how, how our thinking was that they did that so they can go to war. Like they attach to the Republicans, they attach to patriotism ideas in America, nationalism, so they can go to fucking war. And then, I mean, I don't and it looks like they like whatever this woke. I don't even like I don't even know how other else to explain besides saying woke, because it's funny yeah, because I you talked the only way. When you talk to some left-wing people and you say woke, they're like, what are you talking about? And it's like, we're describing whatever the fuck you're doing, dude. <laughs> but the government kind of attached itself to like this woke thing. And it's obvious. And, and to me, it's obvious they're using the left to get away with whatever political agenda they want to push. And but it, it, it appears to me and Luke that that culture is not working out for them very well like it's coming to they're they're almost done is how i see it like they're they don't they're well, not very after useful. their own it's the snake eating its tail yeah it, it, it's like they're not as useful as they were because like you know maybe during the trump and maybe a little bit of obama that was very useful and it it, it it especially to rally up the left and come together to go against trump i think that kind of worked but like now we have like biden and harris and they're trying to play to them and it just doesn't seem to be working as well. And plus, I think a lot of the American people are like realizing that they're not like, I don't know, they're not really into it as much anymore. So we were thinking that, I mean, I don't know how or why or when exactly, but they might switch to some other culture and try to adapt that yeah. culture for whatever political agenda they want to do next. So, I mean, it's it's very, very simple in some aspects. I mean, as a programmer, I look for patterns. I mean, I was the geek playing Pokemon, looking for the pattern with the casino yeah. roulette, you know, and the, yeah, 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 and the yeah, casino. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm seeing this very same pattern play out. And it's just, it just so happened. It, it played out during my lifetime. So, I, I mean, I was born in early, early 90s. I was born in 91. And I saw where when Bill Clinton was in power, yes, he, the Democrat was the, the president, but really it was the Newt Gingrich crowd that really yeah. won that profile. It really was the religious right. And the government, and I say that in the loosest sense of the word, but the people who are really pulling the strings recognize that, okay, th- this religious right has steam. And then 9-11 happens. And then you see it and it's like, okay, we need to switch because we see a new pattern coming. We see this very patriotic, very um, much defend our country type mentality in play. So let's, let's play with that. Let's go with that. And then under the Trump administration, it was very weird because you would expect sort of a, a MAGA, you know, America first mentality. Cause that was the party that won, but it wasn't the party or I'd say party, but it wasn't the, the group that had the most steam. 
the group that had the most steam was this woke crowd. And so they switched to that woke crowd, I would say really before Trump, but, you know, they really, they're coming to the end of their life cycle. Yeah. And so we, we have to look at now, okay, what is the new pattern? We have this woke steam running out of power. What's coming up behind it? And really, I see Tucker Carlson, unfortunately, as the person who drives the, the mentality, which, you know, there are some good aspects. From him. He, he really is kind sure. of a bring, bring home the troops type of person. But this kind of authoritarianism that is sort of unique with, with him, where it's, it's a very nuanced authoritarianism, I, I think we're going to see that play out for the next maybe eight or 10 years. Yeah. It was kind of like, it's kind of like during the Obama's era where you saw like the big tea party movement, like the tea party movement, like it, it kind of gained steam and there was a chance that it was going to win, but it just didn't keep that steam. The woke crowd just really just started throwing coal on the burners and they were just, they just kept plowing ahead. And then after those four years, it, the woke crowd kind of lost steam or they got, in my opinion, kind of complacent and didn't think that there was going to be a reaction to that. And a lot of, a lot of what I see in the pattern that I see is reactionary. Like that's, if you just look, if you can look at the last, especially if you just narrow it down to the last 25 years and that, you know, maybe that's not the best like way to look at, how society orders itself but the last 25 years 28 years you know when that clinton era came in because i can kind of see you like bringing it on to the reagan or not the reagan area bush senior era but if you just look at that and you see the pat it, it's very reactionary like the pattern is just a very reactionary to what is there it's kind of like what typo said at the beginning where he was like you see democrat for eight years and then a republican for eight years and then a democrat for eight years and you assumed a republican for eight years and it's just been that way for so long that it's the reactionaries have gotten worse and worse each time and <laughs> yeah that's well, what, what was, worried that's what, what worries was, me what was before the religious right do you remember i couldn't it was tell before you. the re- it was the right. counterculture. Yeah, it yeah, was the, the counterculture, counterculture of the 60s and the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And what was before the counterculture? It was the the baby boomer generation. Yeah, the baby Dwight boomer Diaz generation. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it it really does play out every, I mean, at its extreme, maybe 20, 25 years of a solid sort of mentality, if you want to give yeah. it that. But on average, it's it's about the length of the term of a presidency, maybe a little bit longer, but eight to 10 years of some sort of national mentality. And then all of a sudden it swings back to the other side. And and the pendulum has gotten further and further. And, uh, you know, we could these swing. Republicans want blood, dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. And I don't and like at the same time, that's where I get conflicted is like, I don't fucking blame them when you go into a PTA meeting labels you a white supremacist or a fucking uh uh fucking what were they calling them uh domestic terrorist like because you don't want this system of teaching to go into place like that's fucking a problem and then you have literally literal democrat democratic senators calling out 
the large majority of families that went domestic terrorists and white supremacists, it's like, all right, you're telling me that I'm a demon and you're demonizing me. Like there's going to be a reaction there. And it's like, I don't necessarily blame them. It's, it's one of those things where it's like the abuse cycle, right? Where it's like, if your dad abuses you, then you're going to abuse your kid and your kid's going to abuse them. It's like, I just wish that there was somebody that had the strength that was like good enough to be like, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to. It's very simple. Vote Dave Smith, 2024. Dave Smith, story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Fuck Tom Woods. (laughs) I like Tom Woods a lot, but I'd rather Maj Torrey. I think that would just be a better VP by all means. Oh man. Arming every black American. I would be just. Yeah. yeah exactly america bitch america bitch <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i don't know where this country's going exactly it's so i feel like i mean just because like we pay attention to it all the time that we still don't really like, dude. i don't know what's gonna happen next like it's just like you can't keep up with it anymore like just coming into like trump getting elected that was like holy shit Wild. this was possible like any now anything's on the table communist revolution dude it's all on the table now like anything yeah that's kind of how it works i think i think it just it's just like it's up for grabs i see the pattern yeah we have a a bump in the pattern but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily like there's outliers and patterns all the time it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to follow a strict code completely yeah and uh you know i I will say bump in the road i think that like well, I mean, just because of time in general, this is going to happen. But I do think that, like the older generation politicians like Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, I think their time's almost up. I think we're going to have whoever, I don't know who, but we're going to have a new AOC, new generation of like lead, like leaders within the political system itself. Well, when when did y'all graduate? Wait, what year? 2012. Yeah, both of us. Okay, I I was a little bit before y'all. I graduated in 09. And just to give y'all an idea, my dad had set aside every single month for a college tuition fund for me. And then the crash of 07, 08 happened. And I graduated in 09. And so as a kid, when I went to go take out my college retirement fund, my dad showed me where it had literally dropped in value by half from the year before. Wow. And I... My hope, because I was a dumbass, I was 18 years old, I was like, yeah, give me the money. I didn't leave it in there. My hope is that um, people who are our age will remember that and say, like, look, these government cycles of boom and bust, they really hurt people. They make the ceiling get painted red. It it happens. And that's my white pill is that people recognize that uh, government actions really do affect the day-to-day lives of everyday Americans. Yeah, yeah. those boom and bust cycles keep getting closer and closer, and I think it's a lot easier to remember as close as they've been lately. Yeah, that's true, too. And that's another thing. I think the Internet's kind of like the the wild card. Technology, I think, baby. I'm I think the Internet kind of just, just changed, like, the old system of how, like, we're going to, yeah, who cares? You you get the vote between this establishment hack red guy and this establishment hack blue guy, and that's how they kind of, like, controlled us, right? But now, like, 
I'm not saying Trump was the perfect guy that inf- infiltrated all that, but we we got someone in there. So now it's like, I don't know. I, I it I, I talked about this before, but the internet is almost making our country less of an oligarchy and more of a true democracy in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of like the old names are kind of being tarnished, like the Bushes, the Clintons, like no one wants to deal with them anymore, really. It's they want like someone new, someone that made a video on the internet slandering the corporate media. Like that's what we want now. Like we we want these more not necessarily family names or anything. It's like that's been in politics forever. We want like something fresh. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what I kind of see is happening. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I that makes sense to me. And it's just it's just going to be an interesting couple of years. I know we keep saying that. I think we've said that the last like two years. Yeah, we said but... since we started the podcast. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, it's and it, and ever hey, has any year yet disappointed? No, <laughs> no, exactly. It's so ever, I'm not wrong in saying that. Ever since we started this podcast, this country has gotten worse, Luke. We are failing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that means we're doing our job right. We have content. I guess so. <laughs> well uh i think that's a good place to fucking end it um we've been droning on for around two hours now uh david i appreciate you coming on you got any last words to say yeah i got a couple of plugs uh yeah go ahead dude so um uh, i would say the first one is my uh my sponsorship with y'all it's davidday.com slash bullet that way we know that Y'all came from Biting the Bullet podcast because I do have some other sponsorships. Uh, and anytime I get one that shows general, I'm like, fuck, where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, make sure you put the extra D in our name at the end. And I always put the link in the description under the podcast too. Yes. The uh, the other thing is uh, I do, I am the, uh, oh fuck, what's my official title? I think it's uh, Director of Technology for Volunteerism in Action. Uh, I don't know if y'all have heard of them before. Yeah. Um, a big organization in terms of it's a nonprofit organization that oh, okay. helps people. And uh, our latest one is we, we heard a bunch of people saying that now that Roe v. Roe v. Wade is an overturn that, you know, dead babies are going to, or dead mothers are going to be everywhere because of, you know, not yeah. being able to have abortions. So we're taking um, requests for people who um, need assistance with childcare. And so if, you have a, a need for childcare or um, just really in, during pregnancy in general, please look at the, uh, the website, which is viaction.org. And yeah, we'll you throw that find, in the links as well. Yeah, you, you could find it from, from there. But yeah, I'm, I'm very, it's one of the more, I'm not proud of a lot of the things I did in life, but volunteerism in action is one of the few things I am very proud of. No, that's awesome. Good. Well, when we have you on again, we'll have to talk about that the entire episode nice <laughs> <laughs> so uh well dude again thank you it was a great conversation um i'm really happy that you sponsor us and um uh, you know i think especially with what you're doing with voluntary in action um voluntarism in action can't fucking talk uh that's awesome so i i'll uh definitely we'll plug that in the show notes and uh thanks again for coming on dude type you got anything yeah dude just, everyone go go check out davidday.com slash biting is it biting the bullet or bullet no, it's just bullet slash bullet, bullet. 
That's right. Yeah, go check it out. I think it's a really great service that uh, is provided and can really help you. And you never know when you're going to be pulled over whenever you need to do anything with contract or whatever you need it for. But those things do come up. And I mean, I'm ne- I'm never prepared for them. So like, please do better, <laughs> do better than me and actually go check it out and see what the services provide. And David, thanks for coming on. And yeah, that volunteerism in action is really cool. I actually didn't know that. That's that's really cool that you're doing that. Yeah, so uh, I guess parting words is uh, make gay great again or make that's gay great again. And then uh, also, uh, shit, Dave Smith, Mastre 2024. Hell yeah, dude. I think I'm going to name this fucking episode America Bitch because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said it a couple of times and it cracked me up every single time. So I think that's the fucking general story of the episode. So that's going to be the name of it. Uh, Thanks again for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's the shit show. We out.